Turn to somebody and say, you're in the right place today. So, <clears throat> I, um, I, I don't want to make any apologies, but I'm going to tell you that, that, that today may sting a little. Today may sting a little. Um, it stings to prepare a message like this, and it probably stings to hear it. I want to read this passage to you that we've read so far every week of this series, and it's Joshua 24, verse 15. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. In other words, I can't do anything about who you're going to serve. But me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to pursue Christ. We're going to chase Jesus. And so the value that we talk about today, I want you to hear me, is the, in, in the marriage counseling arena, it's the biggest issue. It's the biggest issue. I'm going to submit to you that you and I are flawed and broken and quite human. And what happens, now, now listen, your family dynamic may look different than mine. Uh, you know, I, I live with my wife. And maybe you, you don't, you're not, your family doesn't look like that. But I, I, I'm talking about for all families. This value is a big deal. So we're going to talk about forgiveness today. And the truth is, we talk ourselves out of forgiveness. Because we like to be right. Right? We talk ourselves out of, I'm right, they're wrong. I'm right, I'm on my high horse, and they're wrong, they are scum of the earth. Maybe it doesn't come out quite that drastic. I'm right, they're wrong. We talk ourselves out of, our, out of forgiveness because we've convinced ourselves that they don't deserve it. We talk ourselves out of forgiveness because we'll say this, I'll forgive them when they ask for it. Hmm. Here's what I think, I'm right, they're wrong. Here's what I think. They'll get my forgiveness when they come seeking it. Here's what I think. They don't deserve it. So my question for you today is, are you going to build your life on what you think or on what God said? All right. There's this, there's this phrase that's going around. And I, I see it all the time on social media. And, it's, and listen, if, if you've used this phrase, uh, I'm not judging you. I'm just going to tell you not to use it anymore. It's, Live your truth. You just live your truth. You don't own a truth. There's one truth. And it's not subjective. It, the truth doesn't hinge on whether or not you live it or not. The truth doesn't hinge on whether or not you accept it, believe it, embrace it. The truth is the truth. And what I'm going to tell you this morning is the truth. 
I have a, a, a pastor that I follow talks about family relationships like this. He says, in order for relationships to work, we must let the one who designed them define them. See, we want, we, we have this idea that we can construct our relationships like we want to, and that's not how this works. There is only one truth. There is only one designer, and I choose to do things God's way. You know why? You've heard me say this a thousand times. God's way works. So there's a reason we didn't call this sermon series Family Feelings. How many know your feelings will get you in trouble? How many know your feelings will lie to you? See, we, could, we can withhold forgiveness because we don't feel like it. So you're going to live by your feelings or you're going to live by your values? Um, yeah. So maybe you're here today and you're, you're probably in one of three categories. Is you need forgiveness from God. Well, we'll start this sermon by saying it's quite available. Anybody know what freedom feels like? Come on, somebody. Yes, forgiveness is a good thing. And aren't you glad that God doesn't talk himself out of forgiving us? Not like we haven't given him a reason to. Right? So maybe you need forgiveness from God. Maybe you need forgiveness from another human being. Or maybe you need to offer it to someone else. So I want to talk to you about the forgiveness process because we, we've got, I'm not sure that, that, that we think right when it comes to forgiveness. So I'm going to help you. Um, and, and that sounded a little arrogant and I didn't mean it that way. Um, I, I want to share with you what I feel like God's put on my heart and God's word is going to help you. Is that better? See, forgiveness really has two elements. And we get caught up on one and, and push aside the other. But, but the one that we push aside is actually the most important element. See, we, we're going to talk about decisional forgiveness. And that's where you make a choice to forgive. You make a choice to forgive. It is a choice, by the way. The other part is emotional forgiveness. That's when you feel all the warm and fuzzies when forgiveness takes place. And I'm going to tell you that you'll never get that without the first part, without choosing to forgive. And you've talked yourself out of it because you don't feel it. Are, are we going to live our life by our feelings or by our values? Exactly. Our value says, and what God's Word is going to say to us in, in many different places, I'm going to share a few with, of you today, is that your responsibility and my responsibility is to make a choice to forgive. Hmm. See, it's likely that the decision to forgive comes way before you feel it. In fact, you may never feel it. But here's what a decisional forgiveness will do. It's a reminder to forgive, and, and, and that'll accelerate the, the feeling part of it. And we have an, a, a wrong understanding of what forgiveness is. And my wife taught me this by something she teaches her, her kindergartners. See, 
by choosing to forgive. See, already, here's what's, here's what's happening. You're, you're like, yeah, you, you don't understand how great the offense was. You don't understand how big I was hurt, how badly I was hurt. The choice to forgive doesn't somehow minimize the seriousness of that offense. You're, you're not saying that it's, it's not a big deal. What, how many of you say, have had this conversation go, go on before? It's, uh, it, I need you to forgive me. It's okay. It's not okay. Oh, it's no big deal. It is a big deal. Let's stop, let's stop that. The decision to forgive doesn't minimize the, the seriousness. And listen, forgiveness and reconciliation are two different things. How many people does it take to forgive? How many people does it take to reconcile? You may have to forgive somebody that has no desire whatsoever to reconcile with you. You may have to forgive somebody that doesn't want your forgiveness, that has no plan whatsoever in making things right with you. You may have to forgive that person, and that's hard. And lastly, listen, forgiveness isn't forgetting. I don't care what the little you know, cliche says. Forgive, you can't forget. You don't have that capacity, especially those of you that have suffered major trauma. Big stuff has happened. You can't just forget that. And forgiveness has nothing to do with that. Forgiveness has nothing to do with you forgetting that. It's, that's, that's not part of the equation. But forgiveness for the believer, for the follower of Christ, please get this, forgiveness is not optional. In fact, write this down. In order to experience the forgiveness of Christ, we must extend the forgiveness of Christ. Here's what Jesus said. If you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. So if I withhold forgiveness from you, Jesus said, God can't forgive me until I extend that forgiveness. Now listen, that's a big deal, y'all. <laughs> and, and there's, there's a trend going on so that, that, that we got to fix. There's this idea that we can be connected and intimate with Christ, but irritated with all the people around us. We try to compartmentalize our, our worship from how we treat uh, and interact with other people. That's not how it works. Here's, here's what I want you to write down. And, and I've got to explain this because it's, it's, it's too wordy. And I don't like my little fill-ins to be wordy, but this one is. But just, just stay with me. I can't separate my relationship with the God of my life from my relationship with the people God put in my life. God, I love you. All these people are getting on my last nerve, though. <laughs> what if, what, you know, sometimes I, I wish God would just speak to us like, because here's what I think he'd say. You mean those people that I intentionally placed in your life? I mean, those people that I, I know get on your nerves a little bit, those people that I put in your life so you could be salt and light to, so you could help disciple them, so you could show them the love and grace and mercy of my son Jesus. Those people, are those the ones that are getting on your nerves? 
Who's our model, by the way? Do you think people ever got on his nerves? Do you, do you think people ever... I just fed him yesterday. I just healed him yesterday. Just trying to walk through town and these people are grabbing up my clothes. Do you think? Of course. But here's how Jesus responded. And I'm going to tell you that here comes the conviction part because it convicted me. And if it got on me, I'm y'all getting all of it. I'm going to read you this passage that Jesus said in John chapter 13. He says, so now I'm giving you a new commandment, a, a new commandment. All right. I want you to just grasp at that for a minute. A new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Now, I don't want to get too far off this but, but the truth is, you know how the world's going to know Jesus is alive? Is it, is it going to be by our screen and our sermon and our songs? It's when Christian people learn how to treat each other. So he said, I'm going to give you a new commandment. What was the new part of that commandment? To love each other? Really? Was that a, was that a new commandment? No, it was not a new commandment. Thousands of years ago, God said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said that, right? Right, so that, the love God, love people isn't new. He'd already told us to love your neighbor as yourself. That was not a new part. He said, you love them like I loved you. That's the new part. To love people like Jesus Loved us. Dwayne, I'm not Jesus. No. But he's supposed to live inside of you. So how can I love people? Now, now, if you read that passage, here's what you need to understand. Jesus said those words. Here's a new commandment. Love people like I loved you. You know what he'd just done? He'd just gathered his gross male disciples that had been walking around, probably hadn't bathed, dirty feet, got a towel and a basin and knelt in front of them and the Son of God washed their feet. Think they deserved that? And oh, by the way, guess who was still in the room? The one who would betray him to his death. And Jesus knelt in front of them, knelt in front of him, and washed his feet. What do you do with that? What do you do with that kind of love? What do you do with that kind of Jesus? That kind of Savior that would kneel in front of... The, I promise you, nobody has ever hurt you as bad as those disciples hurt Jesus. I, I promise nobody's ever hurt me as bad as I've hurt Jesus. And he knelt in front of them and washed their feet. And then called the rest of his followers, which includes you and I, to do the same. Hmm. But no, we're going to latch on to our 
trauma. We're going to latch onto our offense and squeeze it because we were hurt and we were betrayed and we were lied to and we were offended oftentimes by somebody in your own family. What are you going to do with that? You don't have a place to write this down, but I, I, I need you to get this part. Unforgiveness bleeds. In, in other words, if I hold unforgiveness in my heart for any single human being, that will bleed on every relationship in my life. If, if I hold resentment in my heart toward, toward Randy, which I don't, I love Randy, in my relationship with my wife and my children and my grandchildren, every other relationship is going to be affected because unforgiveness bleeds. But l- let me tell you what, what forgiveness does. Forgiveness blankets. That forgiveness, that love and compassion that you extend to another human being that might not deserve it will affect every other relationship in your life and you'll learn how to blanket your relationships, your family, your friends, your co-workers with love and grace and mercy and compassion. But they don't deserve it. (laughs) Stop. The most powerful aspect of forgiveness happens when it's extended to someone that doesn't deserve it. This was rolling around in my heart for, for two weeks, this, this sermon. It's actually been rolling around in my heart for a long time, but I was, Don and I were, I think it was a last, sat, <coughs> last Saturday morning. Y'all, time out where I got to get my fisherman's friend. <laughs> last Saturday morning, we were <coughs> just spending some time together, and, and I, I made this statement to her, and I'm like, this sounds really harsh. The way I'm going to say this to you sounds really harsh. And I tried to clean it up. And I tried to make it not so harsh. But God wouldn't let me. So if you don't like it, if it's harsh, if it hurts, then talk to God. I I believe God showed me where, how unforgiveness is birthed. And I'm going to read it to you exactly how I typed it when I was talking to the Lord. Unforgiveness, you don't, have a, you don't have a blank for this. Unforgiveness is the evil offspring of selfish pride and spiritual immaturity. The reason I don't forgive you is because I'm too proud to. The reason I don't forgive you is because I, I, need, to, I need to work on my own relationship with God. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a way to say this is unforgiveness is relational cancer. And it will grow. Hmm. Help us, Lord, is right. So maybe you're in this room and there's someone in your life that you need to forgive. Not because they deserve it. Not because they've asked for it but because you need to get that cancer out of your life. It will hinder every part of your life. And I know this because I've walked down this path. 
Write this down. Forgiveness, you may have to give it today, but you may need it tomorrow. Here's what Ephesians says. Listen, this is so powerful, y'all. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Here it is. Forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. You you didn't deserve it. Oh, what, what if Jesus, now this is, this is a silly little analogy, but let's just go with it. What if Jesus would have said, you know what? I'll hang on a cross when they deserve it. I, I'll hang on a cross when they recognize their need. I'll hang on a cross when they get their act right. I'll hang on a cross when they straighten up. How dare we be thankful for the forgiveness and mercy of Christ with one breath and withhold it from someone else with the next? So in the time we have left, I'm going to give you, I forgot how many I numbered, five. I'm going to give you five principles that I believe will we'll get you to the place where you can offer forgiveness. Number one, we're going to live a life of repentance. 1 John 1 and 9 says, But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. I believe that our, our standard should be holiness. That we should... We should do all we can to live a life that's pleasing to God. The unfortunate part is we are very human at the same time. And I've said this before, and it's silly, but it just, it's just reality. Do you know there's never been a time when I've gone to God in prayer in a place of repentance and said, Lord, if there's anything in my heart that doesn't belong, if there's anything in my, in my life that doesn't belong, and Him go, nope. You're good. <laughs> Not one time. He will. One day, when I stare him face to face, and he's made me like him. But until then, every day of my life, I need to either physically or, or symbolically fall on my face before Him in humble repentance for my own failure. And oh, by the way, when you come face to face with your own humanity, you'll be less likely to judge someone else for theirs. So that's... <laughs> You know, there's, uh, we don't talk. As a movement, we don't talk a lot about repentance. Can I prove it to you? I did a Google search this morning. There's 17 million sermons on marriage. 
24 million sermons on grace. 14 million sermons on money. 5 million sermons on repentance. So we're obviously a lot more concerned with getting our relationships right, getting our money right, than we are getting our heart right. There's a problem there, y'all. So I started to say this phrase that I hate to say. You hadn't heard anything else I said all day. <laughs> Number two, write this down. This is important. Switch shoes. See, I'm not going to deny that you've been hurt, that you've been offended, that you, you've suffered some trauma. And, and listen, it, it may be inexcusable. I get that. But sometimes what we need to do is we need to put ourselves in, in the shoes of another person. And, and sometimes when we do that, it, it helps us be compassionate toward the circumstance they're in. Anybody ever had somebody cut you off in traffic and you're like, where's my gun? <laughs> oh, is that, is that just me? Was that just me? That's probably a little extreme. Forgiveness, yeah. What about uh, anybody ever got cut off in traffic and words come out of your mouth shouldn't come out? Okay, is that is that a little less extreme? Okay. Well, well Jesus said if you have you know if you have hatred in your heart, you might as well you might as well murder them. So maybe it's not so less extreme. What what I'm trying to say is, in that moment, we. Remember I said it was all about selfish pride? Well, they got in front of me. I can't allow them to get in front of me. Selfish pride. I can't allow them to they, they cut me off on the self-checkout line at Kroger. Well, that means I'm going to be 17 seconds later walking out the door. Come on, y'all. It's funny, but it's not. What, what if maybe we just... Try to ease into their, their world, into their perspective, and go, you know what? Maybe they needed to get there quicker. Maybe they got a baby at home that's sick, and they need that medicine that's in that cart. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I, I don't like this any more than you do, because I, I, I get... All right, today's probably a pretty good example. Oh, I don't want to do this. Are y'all okay having a very human pastor? Are y'all okay with that? So I'm showing up to preach on forgiveness and kindness and grace and mercy. And I snapped at my wife. And, and granted, I, I, as it happened, I went, and it wasn't really, a, it wasn't a bad snap. It was just a little snap. It was, you know, technical stuff what happened. And it was one of those things where I'm like, I've shown her how to do this before. And listen, I, I, here's, I'm just going to, this is Dwayne. I tend to get a little snippy on Sunday mornings. Because I, I, I'm not trying to, it's pretty heavy weight. And I, and I wear it, and sometimes I get a little snippy on Sunday mornings. And here's, here's what I never want to do, y'all. Listen, I don't want to, I don't want to, I want my, my attitude. Remember I said it, it bleeds. And I looked and I saw you know, and I'm like, baby, I had to, had to crawl up them stairs. 
and had to look at those big brown pools of chocolate in her eyes. And, and here's what I had to say. I, I need, I'm sorry. And she looked at me and went, I'm not forgiving you. No, she didn't. <laughs> and, and listen, no, no, no. And it was over. It was over. But here's what could have happened. I could have held that in and go, well, I showed her how to do that 15 times. I don't know why she hadn't figured it out yet. And guess where it would be right now? I, I couldn't even look over there. I'd be like. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying, y'all? And I, I know that's silly, but, but we can't let, and that's a, that's a small offense. You're like, Dwayne, you don't understand how big mine is. Listen, just because it's a big cancer doesn't mean you don't want to cut it out. All right. Number three, y'all. You're going to push back at this one. Take the first step. Take the first step. Mark eleven twenty five. Look at this. But when you're praying, first forgive anyone you're holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. One translation reads it like this. When you bring your, your offering, when you bring your worship, forget about it as long as you've got resentment in your heart for somebody else. The Bible says leave it at the altar. Go make things right. Fix it. Fix it. And listen, relationships have been destroyed because this one's waiting for this one to make the first move and this one's waiting for this to make the first move and nothing's going to happen until somebody takes a first step and if you're a follower of christ what the bible says is it's you do it swallow your stinking pride and make a first move can i just let that hover for a second number four Make the decision. Is, is, is it a choice or is it a feeling? Choice. Make the decision to forgive immediately. Mm. Hebrews 3.13 says this. But encourage each other daily while it's still called today. So that none of you is hardened by sin's deception. While it's still called today. Listen. One day will be the last day. While it's still called today, fix it. I'm not sure I can. Yes, you can. You can do your part. And you can forgive. How many people does it take to reconcile? How many people does it take to forgive? Do your part. There's one of my favorite stories in the whole Bible. Is Luke 15. It's we know it as the prodigal son. And I would tell you to go home and read it. I'm not going to read the whole story. So I'm going to give it to you in the, the gospel according to Dwayne real quick. <laughs> All right. So uh, the, a man had two sons. One of the sons said, I want my inheritance now and took off, took his dad's money. And it's almost like he was saying, I just soon you be dead, dad. Took his dad's money, went off and partied it all away. 
literally partied it all away. Liquor and loose women. And when it was gone, he woke up in a pig pen and said, the Bible says he came to a census. And he said, I'm going home. I'm going to my father's house. And I'm going to beg his forgiveness and, and, and beg him to just let me live as one of his servants. So he takes off toward home. He takes off toward home, and the Bible says that his father, when he was still a long way off, saw his son coming home. And he ran out to meet him and threw his arms around him and said, you want a party? I'll show you a party. And, threw the, and, and spared no expense. Big, huge party. In fact, the, the son never got a chance to give him his speech. And he said, my son who was dead is now alive. So here's my question. When did the father forgive his son? I'm going to tell you, the father forgave his son the moment his son walked out the door. Immediately. So who do you need to forgive today, right now? And then, and then lastly, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. I can't. Really? R really? You can't. It's, the offense is too big. I can't. Philippians 4 and 13 says this, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Is it easy to forgive when you've been offended large, offended big? Is it easy to forgive when, when the weight is heavy? I never said it was going to be easy, but you can. And it starts with a choice. It doesn't start with a feeling. It starts with a choice. And, and today, there may be someone in your life that you need to make a choice to forgive right now while it's still called today. And oh, by the way, I, th I think you need to vocalize that. I think you need to let somebody know. I've let it go. Come on. So I told you at the beginning that there was uh, three different kinds of people in the room today. And maybe you fit all three categories. Lord, I, I need forgiveness from you. It's called repentance. And it, it literally means to, to turn. God, I'm, I'm sorry for my sin. And you have to mean that, by the way. It can't be just words. God, I'm sorry for my sin. That's part of it. Confession is part of it. And I turn from them and walk the other direction. That's what repentance is. To ask for God's forgiveness and to turn away from our sin. Or maybe, 
there's someone in your life that you need forgiveness from. It's hard to swallow our pride and admit that we were wrong. But I believe you can. I, I believe that the Holy Spirit is powerful enough to walk with you and talk you talk with you through that process as you you know there's a lot of there's a lot of power in these words will you forgive me will you forgive me I had to look at my wife in the eyes and say will you forgive me this morning and maybe you figured out how to never offend anybody or, or to never trespass against somebody else's feelings. Maybe you figured that out. I hadn't figured that out yet. I've had, to, I've had to apologize and ask forgiveness for my wife and my children. It's so humbling. But it's healing. It's healing. And, and so maybe during this whole deal, God's put somebody on your heart that you need to make a phone call to tomorrow. Tomorrow, today, while it's still called today. And maybe you're here and you've been offended and you've been hurt and you've been traumatized and you've been lied to and you've been deceived. You're going to carry that cancer around for the rest of your life? You're going to carry that around? Or are you going to let the Holy Spirit do surgery and cut that cancer out? Make a decision. And here's, what you, here's your prayer, by the way. I don't like telling people how to pray, but there, here's your prayer. God, I'm making a choice to forgive, but I need your help. Oh, I believe, that, I believe the Lord loves a prayer just like that. So we're going to pray. I want you to bow your heads. I want you to close your eyes. And don't look around. So you're here, you need forgiveness from God. You're here, you need to offer forgiveness to someone else. So you're here, and you need to seek forgiveness for someone else. Here's all I want you to do. If you fall into any of those three categories, I just want you to very quickly slip your hand in the air so I know who I'm praying for this morning. Tons of hands already in the room. Tons, tons, tons. Well, I'm going to pray to just that end. But here's, here's what I don't want you to do this morning. I don't want you to just sit back as Dwayne prays for you. I want you to talk to God about what, what your next step is. See, if, if you need forgiveness for God, I, I can tell you what your next step is. It's repentance. We just talked about that. God, I'm sorry, and I turn from my sin. If you need forgiveness from someone, what your next step might be is a phone call asking someone to forgive you. It might be a text message. It might, I don't know what it is but you need to ask God what your next step is. And if you need to forgive someone, I'm, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to help you make that choice and to show you what you need to do from this point forward. How many believe that God's powerful enough to, to speak to all three of those very serious deals, right? You believe that? Let's ask Him to. Father, in Jesus' name. <clears throat> Before, 
before we ask anything of you, everyone in this room, God, we are so thankful for your forgiveness. We're so thankful that you didn't wait for us to clean up our act, that you didn't wait for us to look right and smell right and act right before you sent your only son to die on a cross for our sins. Your word says, while we were utterly useless, Christ died for our sin. Thank you for that. Thank you that we didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. But you poured it on us. You gave yourself away. So God, those of us that would need forgiveness from you, we come to you in humble repentance. Forgive us, oh God, for doing things our way instead of your way. And God, as a group, as individuals, we turn from our sin. That thing that is distracting us, that thing that is holding us back from who you wanting us to become, then God, God we, we walk away from it. God, it takes a lot of humility to ask a human being for forgiveness. But God, I pray that in the hearts and lives of men and women in this room, God, you would you provide that strength. And maybe on the way out of the parking lot, we need to pick up the phone. Call someone and declare our need for their forgiveness. And God, maybe some of us have been carrying resentment and unforgiveness in our hearts for a day or for a very, very, very long time. So God, help us make a choice by the power of your Spirit that is alive in us to forgive even when we don't feel it. Holy Spirit, I, I sense you doing a work in this place. Changing minds, changing hearts, as only you can. God, I get the very heavy sensation and understanding that there are people letting go of deep hurts in this room today. We know it's not possible, oh God, without the power and breath of your Holy Spirit. Do what only you can do. Thank you, Jesus. Don't lead us in that chorus. across this room and let's just declare the reckless love of God together in worship. Oh, the overwhelming, yeah. 
for that love, I want you to offer him an ovation of praise for his goodness, his grace, his love, his mercy, and his forgiveness. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Have an awesome afternoon.